Welcome to Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier. I'm Christy. And I'm Bill. We're husband and wife. We're also psychotherapists, spiritual directors, and the founders of Soul Shepherding. We're glad you've joined us on Soul Talks as we invite you into our home to share our hearts and our intimacy with Jesus in life, love, and leadership. Happy anniversary, Christy. We're celebrating 30 years. Thank you. I'm so grateful for these 30 years of love and growth together in our marriage. God has really blessed me with you. You've been such a wonderful wife and friend and partner for me. So thankful for you. Well, I'm the blessed one. <laughs> I'm so grateful for you, Bill, your, your leadership and love and faithfulness in these years. And so today on Soul Talks, we want to share with others some of the things that the Lord has blessed us with in our marriage and our togetherness and closeness and intimacy, particularly in the area of sexual intimacy. Yeah, we're taking courage here to really do what we say, invite others into our conversations on, in this case, love and sexual intimacy in marriage, because it's something that God's blessed us with a lot of learning and growing, and we want to share that generously as a blessing to other couples. Sexual intimacy is a great gift to be enjoyed in marriage. God's given it to us, and he's even given us a whole book in the Bible that's so much about romance and affection and sexuality and intimacy between a husband and wife, and Song of Songs. I remember when we were first on our honeymoon, and you said, let's read Song of Songs together out loud, and you read all the women's part, and I'll read all the men's part, and I remember feeling really embarrassed, and even as we were reading it, I was blushing, but I was so thankful for your leadership of us in that. So, it's a really graphic book in some is. places. Yeah, but it was good for me to see that, you know, this isn't God's word. This is sacred, because, you know, growing up, you try to control those sexual desires and not feed that, and you kind of come up with, or I did, came up with a sense of, God isn't in that, or, you know, that's shameful. And so it was a learning point, and this was helpful for me in recognizing that. So, Song Solomon 3, starting here at verse 8, the woman says, Ah, I hear him, my love. Here he comes, leaping on the mountains and bounding over the hills. My lover is like a swift gazelle or a young deer. Look, there he is behind the wall. Now he is looking through the window, gazing into the room. Rise up, my beloved, my fair one, and come away. For the winter is past, and the rain is over and gone. The flowers are springing up, and the time for the singing of the birds has come, even the cooing of the turtle doves. That's just a little primer there of what God has in there. Yeah, and we believe that this is not only about the, the husband and wife and their courting and their marriage and just the development of their friendship and their romance, but it's also a love story about God and his people. And so... The Lord God is like the groom in here, and the church is like the bride. Of course, Paul plays out that metaphor in Ephesians 5 and goes back and forth and talking about the husband and wife and how they love and respect each other, and then how this is a picture, a very sacred, special manifestation of the way Jesus Christ loves his church, which is us. And thankfully, there's not a division between spiritual, emotional, and sexual intimacy. It all goes together. Yeah, and why do you say you're thankful about that? Well, because I have realized that God's blessing and presence 
and involvement in our intimacy with him strengthens our intimacy with each other. Mm-hmm. And in our intimacy with each other, as we grow in that area too, it increases our experience of God's love. And it goes so both ways, doesn't there. it? Yeah. And so even today we want to talk about sexual intimacy in the context of spiritual and emotional intimacy mm-hmm. because one doesn't happen without the other as God intended and is really in its fullness of beauty. I think that's really the big point here that we learned early on from Clifford and Joyce Penner. We're going to their seminar and then reading their book and things that we studied. And then as we more significantly got to learn together through experience, we found that that's really the key to a fulfilling sexual relationship in marriage is the quality of the conversation, the togetherness, the understanding of each other, making time to really listen and empathize and care for each other, of course, to pray together and grow in the Lord together, that is there's a rich and growing closeness in marriage Mm. and safety and trust and so forth. Sexuality is meant to blossom in that context. That's right. And, you know, thankfully, I think that couples are starting to get that and grow and to understand that. But in this area of sexual intimacy, there's some questions and they don't know where to take their questions. So we spend a lot of time with ministry couples, pastors or spouses, women in ministry, premarital and premarital counseling. And so couples today are having questions about sexual intimacy. And usually when you have a question, you, you go to Google, you know, go online and you, you take your questions online. But that's kind of scary when it's in this area of sexuality. Yeah, there's a lot of pornography on the internet that we want to stay away from. And so it's good to be hesitant about doing an internet search around sexuality. So yeah, where do you go today with your questions about that? It's so odd because in our culture, in, in one sense, sexuality is just totally in our face everywhere we go, and not just mm-hmm. on the internet, but television and media. And it's just so glorified as though that's the be all and end all of a happy life is to be just totally sexually satisfied. And the way the culture presents that is obviously so inappropriate. It's not put in the context of marriage and a loving, respectful relationship and all. So Yeah, and so I've really been noticing just how many women have been talking to me about this issue in their relationship and how much God has taught us and blessed us. And we really got a lot of help, like you said, from Cliff and Joyce Penner's book, The Gift of Sex, which we read together out loud to each other on our honeymoon. We were traveling in the car together across California and Arizona those weeks together. You really took leadership to encourage me to take courage to actually practice some of those communication exercises they had in their book and some of the things in there. And that really grew us in our emotional intimacy and sexual intimacy. A lot of practical and fun exercises there for sharing affection and a great variety of ways of giving and receiving sexual pleasure that Mm -hmm. was really fun to, to read about that and then to finally be free to do it. Yeah. Well, the fun came when the freedom came for me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The freedom didn't come right away for me, but you provided a safe place for me. We're patient with me. And that, that was one of the things I think that's really key as we talk about sexual intimacy is that in the context of true love, really willing good for each other in a a mutuality. It's really obeying Jesus's command to love your spouse as you love yourself. There's a mutuality in it. It's not all sacrifice and it's not all going after your own pleasure, but there's some of that involved in in it, some of the both. One of the things that surprises people, especially young couples as we've talked to them, is that you think that, well, you know, now that you're married and you, you can have sex, that it's just now it's free play. 
Mm-hmm. And then to find that, well, it doesn't always go so smoothly. And just because you can do it now doesn't mean that you always have the energy or that it's simple because there are various stressors and emotional issues that come up in the delicacy of a sexual relationship. And so those things can feel like they're slowing down the process of experiencing sexual pleasure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've been married 30 years now. And even last week, in a time where you communicated to me, you would enjoy some sexual intimacy with me, and I did too. I'm attracted to you. We love each other. And we had some time and space you know, where we could. And yet I found myself distracted, not able to be present. I was having a hard time really entering in and enjoying you. And so I had to stop and say, this is what I'm fighting against, and I want to enjoy you. I love you. I want to bless you and enjoy you with this time, but I'm having a lot of emotions I'm trying to repress so that they don't get in the way and disrupt our time, but it's hijacking our time. And so you- and So you needed listening. You I needed did. some understanding and validation of your emotions and empathy. So you let me cry and kind of unload a little bit on you, some of the distractions of emotional distress I was feeling, and you know, maybe you listened to me for- 15 or 20 minutes, just gave me that safe space to process my emotions. And then I was free. I was present. I was ready. I wanted to connect with you. I wanted to enjoy our intimacy together. And the irony that might be surprising to some of our listeners is that then the sex was all the better. Way better. Yeah. If I hadn't been honest with you about that, I would have just been pressuring myself to try to perform for you. It would have been a lot of work for both of us. It wouldn't have been very enjoyable. And, you know, we've learned that from experience, too. The most pleasurable sex in marriage really comes in the context of this vulnerable sharing, really listening to each other, caring for each other. And uh, that's what really opens up the floodgates uh, in the context of the bonding and then the way of blessing each other uh, physically and so forth. Because it's not just a physical act and good sexual intimacy in marriage, really fulfilling and also the easiest and most pleasurable, it takes a lot of emotional energy for women. It's not just a physical thing for us. And so part of the learning there is the ability to sort of switch gears, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. sometimes that's harder for men, but if I'm not able to sort of deny myself my desire for sexual fulfillment, as my desires have been stirred up and so forth, if I'm not able to set that aside and say, okay, wait a minute, you know, there's something more important here, not only more important to Christy, but more important to me because I love her and that's to listen to how she feels. See, so that switch of focus and it, you know, it can feel like you're going forward in third or fourth gear, yeah. then all of a sudden, whoa, wait a yeah. minute, now we're going to go into reverse. I've really admired you and respected you for how loving you've been with that with me over the years. And I've had some, you know, tried to empathize with how hard that must be for you. And I've really felt loved by your showing me that you will good for me, that you're willing to do that as hard as it is. Well, of course, sometimes it goes the other way where you've been thinking fondly of me and mm-hmm. uh, with romantic affectionate thoughts mm-hmm. and looking forward to sexual intimacy and I'm preoccupied or stressed yeah. about something or don't have the energy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even when I say that, I think, well, gosh, Bill, that's crazy. What's the matter with you? <laughs> but, you know, life happens. And, yeah. and so then you end up getting yeah. disappointed. And yeah. so how do you deal with, you know, that changing of the gears there, right? 
Well, that definitely is a factor. Sometimes you're real involved in a project or engaged with other people, and I, I feel jealous. Or, you know, I'm longing for you, and then maybe finally you do turn towards me, and then I'm angry because I felt like you've been depriving me. So, yeah, I've got to switch gears too and be able to let that go and realize, no, he's here now. He's present mm-hmm. now. Enjoy this. Be present to him. Forgive. Let go. Understand that it wasn't personal to you. And so this is one of the areas where there are a number of surprising intersections with spirituality. So, for instance, in the spiritual life as we're journeying in our discipleship with Jesus and growing in our formation to be more like him, we need to learn to practice Mm self-denial. And so there are disciplines of abstinence like fasting or solitude and silence, Sabbath, frugality, things like this, where we're practicing not doing something good or pleasurable in order to make a space for praying in a certain way and connecting with the Lord in that. And that's not an easy thing to do. And those are disciplines Mm -hmm. that uh, we maybe tend to avoid. Mm -hmm. But if we spend some time doing those disciplines as uh, means for growing in our experience of God's grace, then that helps us in this issue of when we need to sort of change gears with our sexuality and remember, okay, what's most important here is my spouse and what she feels or what he feels. That's right. We even pray for each other in this area of our sexuality. God will help us to relax and be present and enjoy and give and even in preparation. Ray Ortland really surprised me one day. He he told me, Billy, you know, I just love when I'm making love to my wife, Anne, and I'll pray for her while we're having sex. Mm -hmm. And that day he said to me, I want to give you a blessing, Bill. He said, Lord, would you just bless Bill and Christy and their sexual relationship just to have wonderful, rapturous intimacy and pleasure in sex? It's like, whoa, that was a prayer I'll receive. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> me too. It blesses me too. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, the the integration there of the spiritual intimacy and the emotional intimacy is so important. And yet there's physical components too. And so you know, we need to save energy physically and we need to have boundaries in our schedules to protect time for our relationship and our enjoyment of each other. Yeah, that's huge. I learned that early on in my career, even as a father, I need to be careful to save some energy at the end of the day for the kids. And, you know, all the more that's true for you and I in our marriage. And Well, yeah. And then as a, as a mom with young kids, I would tend to give all to the kids and not have any energy for you, left over for you. So it really helped me when you would let me know early in the day, hey, let's get some time together, you and I tonight, or I'm, I'd like to be with you, or I miss you, or, you know, some things that would start to... You know, you'd start to flirt with me a little bit or make some compliments of me. Let me know you were attracted to me, some things like that to help me because, you know, men are like microwaves. They just heat up right away. But women, we're like crockpots. I mean, it takes us a while to heat up. And so Mm -hmm. you would start heating my crockpot up during the day, you know, and that would help me to realize, okay, I want to be intentional here to save some energy for you and to get to bed in time and some of those things. And that's really been helpful, that form of communication, communicating our desire, our intention, having fun with that, letting that build. Yeah. And it's being forward and it's asking, and it is hard for some people to really ask and talk about this area. But the other thing here is, you know, what about the wife or the husband who doesn't want to sort of get turned on sexually because they feel manipulated by that? What do we say to that person? I mean, you're sort of modeling for us in the context of our relationship and We've been married 30 years. We've worked through various issues, tension points, conflicts to come to a place where, you know, we're humming together in life. And of course, we still have conflicts and issues that we need to work through, but we've really grown in in our oneness and our togetherness. And 
the depth of the ways that we share each other mm-hmm. with each other and listen to each other and so forth. And so for you and I, we don't experience a sense of normally a sense of pressure or manipulation or guilt when one or the other will make a sexual advance or request. Yeah. And I think it's that's you're getting to the point of how communication of how we're perceiving each other, what we're feeling and what we need and what feels loving and what doesn't has been so important and is so important for couples. So if in the course of our 30 years, I'm not feeling like you're really caring for me and my needs and my feelings, but you just want to be sexual because that helps you feel better or feel connected or something, but I don't really feel valued as a person. Well, then that's going to feel like a pressure to me. And I might not be excited that you want to have sex tonight. No. Of course not. You might resent it. You might feel used and that's painful. And that's what we want to make sure that there's communication about that. Couples to be communicating about that. You know, I'll have women who will talk to me and they'll say, you know, my husband is that he's got a higher sex drive than I do. And I'm too exhausted or I just don't, you know, have the desire. And part of that's because they haven't learned to be able to enjoy cultivating the desire and the safety of their relationship. And so for them, it's helpful to work on that and learn to discover, well, I need to discover what I do enjoy. What do I want you know, from him? What would help me to be mm-hmm. responsive and not just feel like this is an obligation? I have to, something to check off my list or that I have to do to you know, fulfill my duties as a wife, but that they can actually think about what they want too, what would help them to enjoy it. And Both emotionally and physically. Yes. And taking personal responsibility for that, not mm-hmm. just expecting the husband to be able to know, mind mm-hmm. read, figure it out. Or, you know, assume that he's not a good lover because he doesn't know. Oftentimes, you know, the women don't know themselves. And so it's a great gift if they can learn to help each other. We really need to get to know our bodies and what's pleasurable, what feels connective, and what helps me feel wanted and respected and to just be able to talk about these things. But it it feels very vulnerable. It does feel vulnerable. And so if we don't practice vulnerability in maybe smaller things Mm -hmm. in life as we just were going Mm -hmm. through our day and sharing with each other as as trusted friends and and really empathizing with each other. Then when we come to this more delicate, sensitive, supercharged area of sexuality, it's going to be difficult. It is. Yeah. And, you know, it, it involves failure too, Bill. I mean, we've experienced and learned through failures, but we've been okay with that because we realize it's part of learning. Yeah. And there's something more important than wonderful mutual orgasms. Mm-hmm. As great a gift as that can be, what's far more important to us, of course, is our intimacy with Jesus Mm -hmm. and becoming like our Lord and learning to love others as he does. And so it's really about our formation Mm -hmm. in Christ. And when we're oriented that way, and uh, that is our habitual way of thinking, and that's the desire of our hearts, and we're learning to live that out, it really makes life a lot better. It really does. And that helps us when we're dealing with things like we now are with aging bodies and the other things that become challenges to have that character of Christ-like love. Every day has tests and trials and disappointments in it, but how sweet it is if we go through that with Jesus in his Father's world. Mm-hmm. Well, honey, how about if you close us with a prayer of blessing? This has been such an important thing in your heart that you wanted to share with our listeners. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your love, your intimate and personal and faithful love. Thank you for the ways we've, Bill and I have experienced that in our marriage and relationship. And I pray that you would continue to 
grow our listeners in their love for you and in their marital love and relationship and intimacy for your glory. Amen. Well, friends, we hope you've enjoyed this edition of Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier. We invite you to our website, soulshepherding.org, where you'll find over 700 free resources, including these Soul Talks. You also can find our newly published book, Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke. Until next time, let's continue our conversation with Christ.